Are you currently enjoying the show on the Stitcher app? Then you need to know Stitcher is going away on August 29th. Yep, going away, as in kaput, gone, dead. Rest in peace, Stitcher, and thanks for 15 years of service to the podcast community. So switch to another podcast app and follow this show there. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to Protown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a good week this week. I hope that you guys all enjoyed your 4th of July and made it out of there without burning yourselves or or getting into a fight or, you know, even worse, throwing up the next day or something. I don't know. Uh, I talked to my sister on the phone. She burned her hand with the sparkler. My nephew burned his hand with the sparkler. You know, that's a thing is like, with these, with fireworks and Fourth of July, it's usually what ends up happening is people that never handle explosives only handle them at the end of the day when they've been drinking out in the sun. There's little kids around. They want to impress them. Hey, you want to see this shit explode? And then end up hurting themselves. I remember one time my grandpa had a, uh, a firecracker go off in his hand when he was trying to tell us what he was going to do with it after he lit it. But he had had a lot to drink too and it fucked up his fingers. Anyway. Got to be careful with that stuff. So hopefully you made it out of there unscathed. I uh, we, we had a pretty good uh, 4th of July, me and Jenny. Uh, there's a tradition I've been doing for a lot of years. I always watch Jaws on 4th of July. I do. I know there's a lot of people that do that. It was on TBS. Whenever I can, whenever I'm able to watch Jaws on 4th of July, that's what I do. So it was on the Peacock Network and uh, and me and Jenny watched it. She had never seen it before. So that's always exciting to watch Jaws with someone that's never seen it before. It's still a really good movie, man. I don't know. What do you do? You have any any Fourth of July traditions? Any any? I ended up making a Fourth of July very healthy Fourth of July kind of feast. There were these uh, uh, Jenny's a vegetarian, so that it makes it so dinners are like either I'll make her something and then make myself some chicken or something. But I've decided to kind of jump in and kind of like see see what meatless life is like. <laughs> so we had some meatless burgers. That were really, really good. They were like or meatless. They were like meatless chicken burgers, and the texture was really good. I can't remember exactly what they were made out of, but uh, they were they were plant based. And so I did that. I did those. I made those in a pan, and put them on a bed of lettuce with with tomatoes and stuff. But at the same time, I like I'm trying to eat healthier. I'm trying to get all the meat out of the thing. Not all of the meat, but you know, not make meat like a regular thing. Make meat more of a special treat, right? But the thing is, I feel like the real thing that I have a problem with is carbs and sugar. So I, I, I really need to take that head on because along with that lovely, lovely, uh, healthy 4th of July feast that I made, I also made a confetti, a funfetti, Pillsbury funfetti cake. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I, I've just like, you know, 
I I was like, well, we're eating healthy, so let's have a whole cake to go along with it. And man, we ate cake. And so I realized that like I'm drinking sodas and, and, you know, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I can see it, you know, I can see it in my stomach. It's not, it's not cool. I'll be honest with you guys. I see it sometimes in photos from shows and I'm like, oh shit, man, I'm that guy. And not that it's bad to be that guy. I just, I don't, I know that it's unhealthy. And I know that, that what I have is like a sugar and carb addiction because I, what I'll do is I'll not, not buy anything unhealthy like that at the store and I'll be home and I'll eat a healthy meal and then I'll just kind of start getting a little nervous like jonesing, jonesing, jonesing for what? Like a Dr. Pepper, uh, a chocolate cookie, a chocolate bar, but crackers. You know what I mean? Like it's some kind of thing like that. So I'm trying to retrain my brain. That's what I'm going to try and do over the next couple of weeks is kind of get rid of the sugar because I've been buying sodas and thinking like, well, if I eat a healthy dinner and I drink a Dr. Pepper, it's like, no, just don't drink. Don't, don't. But it's hard to make that leap. It's hard to cross. It's like quitting smoking or something. Anyway, <laughs> whoa, that was my 4th of July. <laughs> hope yours wasn't as neurotic. Hope you were outside at a lake place and I hope you didn't burn yourself with fireworks. Gang, if you listen to the show, you know a few weeks ago I talked to a Grammy Award winning producer and great singer songwriter Shooter Jennings and my friend, the video game developer Star Long, who have joined forces and started a new booking app called GigStand. You can find them at gigstand.com. Check out this app. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's a lot that I'd have to explain, but but basically what you do is you is you sign up on this app and you look for a show in a market in a city. And we were looking at a show to, to happen between July 18th and, and July 22nd. And it booked for Friday, July 21st uh, at 7 p.m. at Soundspace at Captain Quacks. I will be playing a solo acoustic set. Also, I will be joined by Leslie Sisson from uh, from Moving Panoramas and Aaron Sinclair from A. Sinclair. We will all be doing solo acoustic sets. And it is How Did I Get Here Presents. So I will be doing, I'll be hosting the night and I'll be also doing short interviews with each of those guys before they play. It's going to be a great time. You can find out more about it by going to gigstand.com and look at their events. You'll find it there. Johnny Gowdy's How Did I Get Here Presents. Uh, it's going to be a really fun night of music. Uh, it's going to be a fun new kind of show that hopefully I'll turn into something. Maybe I'll start doing some more of them. But go to gigstand.com to find out more about it. I'll put a link to it at the in the text of this podcast for you to, uh, to get a ticket for the show if you want to come. That's Friday, July 21st at Soundspace at Captain Quacks. All right? Get out there and get it. Gang, I have a great show for you today, man. Nashville-based singer-songwriter Jill Andrews is my guest on the show today. She has a brand new record dropping on August 18th. It's called Modern Age. This record is fucking great. It's absolutely fantastic. She's got some singles that she's dropped. Uh, Connection, which is a great pop song, song called Dark Days, and a new song called Wrong Place, Wrong Time, which I will play for you on this show. She's She started out uh, with a band called Everybody... The Everybody Fields, which was an indie folk all-country band, which she was in from 2004 to 2011. And then she uh, got pregnant and left the band kind of out of to get out of a toxic situation. She tells all the story about it. It's pretty it's pretty heavy. Uh, She also has a duo called Hush Kids with Peter Groenwald, who was on the show last year. Great conversation with that guy who just put out a solo album, but, uh, but Hush Kids is the name of that band, and I think they're putting out a new single this month. Now, as a solo artist, she has put out a shitload of music, fantastic records, man. Uh, she put out a record in 2020 called 30s that's really great. She has a couple of EPs that came out in 2021 that are all just fantastic. Uh, one's called Vulture... Uh, uh, I think it's called Vultures. I can't see very well. And Ellen. And uh, and then there's another EP that she put out uh, last year called The Parthenon Sessions, which is reimaginations of her songs with a string section all kind of done live in this place in Nashville that's absolutely beautiful. Check that out. It's great. She's also done a bunch of collaborations with people like Seth Avitt and Buddy Miller and Langhorn Slim, who was on the show a couple years ago. Anyway, it's all. I've had a few people that have worked with her. Her record, her new record, Modern Age, uh, was produced by Lucas Morton and features Anthony DaCosta, who was on the show about five years ago. Anyway, she's going to head out on tour in August, uh, hitting the U.S., and then she's going to hit the U.K. in September and October. You can find out more about everything that's going on with her, jillandrews.com. That's where you go for your tour dates music videos, and all the things you need. Her record, Modern Age, fantastic. Right now, you're going to hear the song, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, and then you will hear me and Jill Andrews chatting it up. So enjoy that. All right, let's get down.
single day. But you turn yourself away to breathe the night. Where are you? Where are you located? I'm in Austin. Oh, okay. And nice. You're, you're in Nashville. Yeah, I am. Yep. So, how long have you been doing this, Johnny? I've been doing this this podcast. Mm-hmm. Up since since 2011. Oh, since 2011. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've put out like Very cool. almost 1,300 episodes. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. It's nuts, right? I've actually talked to some of your uh, home people. Oh I've, yeah, like you. I've, I've had Langhorn Slim on the show. I've had nice. Peter Greenwald on the show and Anthony DaCosta oh, cool. on the show. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, those are all great, great folks. Yeah. All of your work with those people is incredible. That Hush Kids stuff is great. Thank you. Did Thank you, you. Yeah, I love that. Do you, do, you, do you guys still do that? Or is that? Yeah, actually, on Tuesday, just the other day, we got together and wrote a song. And on Tuesday, we're going to uh, record it and release it in July. So Fantastic. just one, one song. But yeah, it's kind of a surprise to us, too. We're just. We were just like, this song is great. Let's record it. Let's put it out immediately, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the, I like going through your music and all of your work and stuff. I uh, I get that you're a pretty prolific person. I try. Yeah. I definitely try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And this album, Modern Age, absolutely, it's so gorgeous, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank what, you. What a great job you did on this. Thank you. I'm really, really happy with the way it turned out. Yeah. There's such a neat thing. Like there's uh, just your your catalog is so vast and, and just like what an adventurous artist that is the last thing that you put out. Was it that uh, the Pantheon, the Parthenon sessions? Um, yeah, it was. Um, that was just a live performance um, with the with a string quartet in Nashville and you know, I just, I was really happy with how that turned out. And so, yeah, I, I, when I think about it, I I guess I don't think about it as a release, but it totally was, you know, I released it into the world and I'm really happy it's there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like to somebody that, that is like a, a, an audience member or a fan, I guess at this point I am of yours. Uh, it was a sweet, I mean, that album's gorgeous and just amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, it was so fun to, you know, just to revisit the way that I had originally wrote those songs and the way that they were originally produced and just to, to work with a, an arranger and just to hear his vision for it. It was, it was very fun. And and then the arranger was one of my friends. So that made it more just fun and intimate. And it was great. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. a beautiful record. Well, also this modern age record is out, but this uh, the single that's out now, uh, connection like the la- that's the last one that came out, right? Yes, it is. Like mm-hmm. that's like a straight up like home run pop song. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, um, man. Tell the whole world that, will you, Johnny? <laughs> I just did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> whole Hopefully. world. I hope you're listening. <laughs> yes, entire world. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about this record. Um, it, it came out of like, uh, you went home to sing at a memorial service for a childhood friend. And that's kind of yeah. like the impetus of this whole thing. Yeah, it was, it was a few years ago and, um, it just, it allowed me to spend a lot of time in my hometown. Um, I grew up in Johnson city, Tennessee, which is East Tennessee, and it's just beautiful there. It's um, There's mountains all just, you know, anywhere you look from, it's just mountains. And um, it's so green and, and lush and beautiful. And as an adult going back there, I just looked around and I was like, how did I miss this? You know, as yeah, a kid, yeah. you don't, you just, I don't know, for some reason, I, I didn't really take it in like I did as an adult because I live in Nashville and it's pretty flat and you know it's more of a bowl shape um and so it gave me a whole different appreciation for where I grew up and so yeah I was um uh just you know I was able to to visit my um a lot of my friends that I went to high school with at the memorial service and 
um, I was able to drive around my neighborhood and see my, my old house and where she lived. So we lived so close to each other. She lived in one cul-de-sac and I lived in the one right next to it. And, um, you know, my old bus stop and where I used to rollerblade with my friends and ride my bike, my scooters, and just, just all the really fantastic, fantastic childhood memories that I had personally. Wow. You have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a brother. He's two years older. His name's Josh. Okay. Uh, is he a music person? He isn't, but he could be if yeah. he, you know, if he decided to go that route. He's a police officer in the Philadelphia area, but he, um, he's just, he's kind of one of those guys that has it all. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's super, super smart. Um, but his voice is incredible, and sometimes, every once in a while, I'll hear him singing. He kind of just does it off the cuff, and it, it always makes my heart all warm, you know? Yeah. So where did um, you, all of this, so basically, like, you being in that in that area was what kind of fueled this record. So let's let's go back to, uh, to, like, when you were a kid. Like, when did you connect with music? Did Josh have, like, cool records that he played for you, or? No. Um, you know, we really, growing up, we really didn't listen to a whole lot of music in the house. It's, it's really interesting. We had a record player, and I remember it, and I remember looking through all the vinyl, but I do not remember playing it. Which Isn't that strange <laughs> kind um, of but what makes me think of this is there's uh like just even the opening song uh, i guess people won't be able to hear it for a while until it comes out but there's a song called 80s baby and there's a pretty vivid description of like something i used to do when i was a kid and and got like a boom box with a cassette thing and like you know getting ready to hit record yeah when my favorite song hit and try not to miss the beginning of it you know yeah, that was such a moment in time yeah. that is not, it's just not a thing at all anymore. But I, I did the same thing. I mean, I would go to Walmart and buy stacks of blank tapes and I would just listen to the radio in my room, um, just, you know, as long as I could. And I would always, I would always be ready and like waiting for that song, whatever song it was at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, to come on. Remember that Jody Messina song, Head Carolina Tales, California? No. Did you ever hear that one? No. <laughs> well, that was one of my favorite songs as a like high schooler probably. And um yeah, anyways, that was one of the ones I remember recording and anything Cheryl Crow put out, yeah. anything she did. I was obsessed with her. Have you ever met her? <clears throat> no, I haven't. But I hear she lives here in yeah. Nashville. Yeah. I'd like to. Cheryl, if you're listening, I'd like to meet you. Sure. I think you're awesome. Cheryl, if you're <laughs> listening. So when did you when did you sort of like uh when when did like this kind of become the dream for you? Like how old were you when you connected with music on a point where like I want to do this? Um I would say in my twenties. It it oh, wow. I would say it wasn't really so much of a dream as it was just a reality. <laughs> it's, it's kind of backwards, I guess. Um, <clears throat> I, I just kind of fell into it a little bit and I, I've always loved music. I've always loved writing poetry and short stories and, and which kind of progressed into writing songs. Um, but I didn't really start writing songs until I started playing guitar, which was when I was 19. And, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I started playing open mics in Johnson City, and um, I really I really loved the feeling of being on stage and playing for people. And um, and then I just, I don't know. I, I started a band with some friends of mine, and we, we just kind of took off, you know, and, and just started. That's the Everybody to- Fields? Sorry. Yeah, the okay. Everybody Fields. So that, yeah, was your, started- that was your first band? Yeah. Shit, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. So we started touring, you know, when I was in my early 20s. We were all in our early 20s and, and would find ourselves 
in different towns in North Carolina and South Carolina and Georgia, you know, just kind of regional stuff. And I just, I had a job at that point. I had a full-time job as a, um, a child. Um, I was a youth and child case manager for an outpatient mental health facility. So I had that going on in the midst of all this. And I had Wait, to like, hold on. You were a what? <laughs> I was a case manager for okay. children and at a, an outpatient mental health facility. Jesus, that must have been pretty heavy, huh? It was very heavy. Yeah, oh. it was. And it was in a, a rural part of Tennessee called Greene County. Um, and it was about a 45-minute drive from Johnson City. So I had to be there at 8 a.m. And I never got enough sleep because we were touring. We would, I mean, I'd get home at like four in the morning and sleep for a couple hours and then have to take off at 7 a.m. And I just, I realized I just couldn't do it all. I was like juggling way too much. So I ended up quitting. The job. Yeah, but I did it for about two years. Wow. So, I mean, you guys, uh, that, that everybody feels like, well, what was the deal? They were, who, who wrote, did, was it a team writing songs? What was going on there? I listened to some of it. It was, it's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sam Quinn was the other lead singer in the band and he and I wrote all the songs and, um, he and I would switch off like who was lead and who was kind of back up on, on different songs. And it was kind of like split half and half. We were all about equality <laughs> in the band, sure. but, uh, yeah, so he would play guitar and he would sing lead and I would play bass and sing harmony and then we'd switch and I'd play guitar and sing lead and he'd play bass and sing harmony. And then when we started, David Ritchie um, would also sing harmony and he played dobro with us and then he quit at some point and, and then we had Megan McCormick who played electric guitar and then later Tom Pryor played pedal steel and anyways, it was, it was, um, it was some good music, I will say. I'm, I'm really proud of what we did. Yeah, it's really, really good. So what Thanks. what brought that to an end? You kind of wanted to do your own thing, or what was the... Yeah, um, mostly it was because I was pregnant. I um, It was just not a good environment for me to be in. We were touring very heavily and um, sleeping on a lot of people's couches and there was a whole lot of partying going on and a whole lot of staying at bars until closing time. And yeah. it was not a, it was not a good environment for me and it was not a respectful environment. It was just, um, there was some, some toxic elements happening, but, um, <laughs> we made some good music together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand man. those things. I've, I've been in bands. I'm 54 and I've, been in bands since I was 14 so for like for 40 years I've been breaking up with bands (laughs) yeah it's hard I mean gosh it is hard it's even hard like it's hard when you go out on your own you know like all of a sudden it's fucking lonely yeah you know it's true and when I quit the everybody field like I said I was pregnant and I I had no backup plan whatsoever um I got married and I just kind of was in a standstill position for a few years where I was like a new mom and I was teaching guitar lessons in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was hanging up show posters for a a concert promoter in town. (laughs) And I, I mean, I had come from this, like we were starting in the everybody field, we were starting to play like really big shows, like festivals, and we were doing really well to, you know, teaching guitar lessons (laughs) on the street team. (laughs) So it was, it was quite the change for me. Um, and I just didn't know, I didn't know what to do. And, um, luckily I had some friends that encouraged me to, to go out on my own and and play. I mean, I'd wanted to, but I was too afraid. I I just didn't know how to make the step, you know? And I had a friend that just basically was like, what are you doing? Why aren't you playing music? And he just like put together a band and came over to my house and, (laughs) <laughs> and we played music together. So that's kind of, that was the first step 
to my solo career. Were you were you were you even writing during that time or anything, or were you just literally like deer in the headlights? Because you it must have a been a young mom, right? Well, I was twenty nine, so oh. I wasn't that young. But I will tell you, I felt really young. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I felt really young. Yeah, I think dude, just that's like at so- heart. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Zoom sucks like this. I wish we could do these kind of things in person all the time. But um, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, you live in a van and sleeping on people's couches, like, you know, and all of a sudden you're responsible for somebody else's life. That is a huge thing that would take a... uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, a singer in a band, a lot to get used to. Yeah, it did. Oh, it, yeah. I grew up really fast, and um, I think it was definitely for the best. <laughs> yeah. I I feel I kind of felt like I was going nowhere fast um, on the track that I was on prior to having my son Nico, who is fourteen now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Does, yeah. What does he think of your music? Um, he's not like. <laughs> I mean, he's a 14 year old boy. Right, he's right, not, right. he's not one of those boys. that's like, Oh mom, you're so awesome. He's just like, like perpetually sarcastic. So, oh. um, does he think about my music? I don't know. He probably thinks it sucks. I don't know. <laughs> but if you ask my daughter who's seven, she'd be like, yeah, it's really good. My mom's awesome. You know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she'll think. I'm sure she'll think it sucks at some point, but we're not there yet. Yeah. So what did what did you do? Like you just you you started writing songs for that band or with that band or what 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 was the deal? Yeah. So I yeah I was solo and I just I, you know I had the spark the spark then and so I just was writing more and more and more and um, I had a I had a really steady band in Knoxville and we played a lot together and we made, um, two records together and it was awesome. It was such a great time. Did a lot of touring and, and then I moved to Nashville in 2012 and I, things just kind of changed. I I moved because I was courting a publishing deal with a, a publishing company in order to get my songs played by other artists or um, get into the film and TV sync world, basically. And uh, so I, I went down that road and I'm still in that road. And that, that was a huge game changer for my career, just like getting my songs in television, basically. Um, like what shows have you had it on? Had them on? Yeah, um, I've had it. I've had a few shows on Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us. Um, on actually, with two of my friends, wrote the theme song for a sci-fi show called Winona Earp. Um, let's see what else. My very first song on a show was on American Idol. <laughs> no way. It was, and it was hilarious because they it was a really sad breakup song, and they played it while they were kicking someone off the show. <laughs> 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 so that was just amazing, you know, and it's like when basically like when you first have your songs on a show, it's the most legitimizing feeling and you can right. call your parents and be like, look what I'm doing. I'm actually doing something. And right. they're like, yeah, you really are. So yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Mine was on Road Rules. I think that was the yeah, that was the first oh one. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I remember Road Rules. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what what kind of song was it? Uh, there was a few that they used. There was like a somber kind of like piano song that they used. I can't I can't remember. I didn't watch those shows. They send you the videotape back then. Of yeah. the, that's how long ago it was. Wow! They send you so- a videotape of of the episodes you were on. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that does legit does feel legitimizing. Mm-hmm. Have, yeah, you, ha, have you had your jams cut by other people? Um. Yes, a few people, mostly because of the show Nashville. Um. My, I had like seven show, seven songs on that show, oh, and no so way. they, were, yeah, awesome. and they were performed by that. You know, the actors and actresses is very very cool. 
That is awesome. Which one? Well, like which? I, I watched that show. I was dating a girl oh, at the time, and we used to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I had a, a song called "Tell That Devil" that was one that Hayden Pantier. I don't yeah, know if yeah. that's how you pronounce him. Um, she played it on a big stage in an outdoor park for one of the one of the episodes. Um, I also had a song. Did you finish the show? I don't want to spoil anything for you. No, yeah, I did. I finished the show, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was the song Sanctuary that was at Raina's funeral or Raina's memorial service. Do you remember that? It was pretty yes, sad. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, and um, a few other ones that were kind of like, I don't know, just smaller plays. Like they'd play like half the song. But, but that's awesome, yeah, man. Lot, it was awesome. It was mostly. It was mostly the little girls that were singing my songs. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was very cool. Yeah. You have, there's like, I mean, going back to this one song that people can go reference right now, like your latest single connection has that sort of chorus that like, is like, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a chorus your publisher is fucking stoked to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think so too. That's, yeah. That's really, thank you. So, uh, so do you do a lot of co-writes there as well? Um, I have in the past. I haven't so much lately just because, I don't know, I think the pandemic kind of changed my habit patterns. I was definitely doing a whole lot of co-writing before it. And since then, I've just been kind of doing more on my own, which has been great, too. Um, I, I, I still write with Peter Gronwald a lot. Um, he's in Hush Kids with me and right. uh, he's kind of my go-to. Tell him I said hi if he remembers me. Sometimes when you do a whole bunch of interviews, you forget all the people. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely tell them. Yeah. Um, so uh, how do you do, like, how do you record this stuff? Like on, on like, do you have a Pro Tools set up? Do you have, like. Yeah, so, um, well, with my, with my latest album, Modern Age, um, I had, I worked with a producer named Lucas Morton. Yes. And uh, Lucas actually produced my uh, other full-length record, the one that was before this one called 30s. 30s, yeah, and that's a great record, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and so he has a home studio that we worked in. His home studio, actually, for 30s was in my basement, <laughs> which was <laughs> extremely convenient for me because um, I could record in my pajamas. But he, he moved and he built a studio of his own at his, at his place. So um, we did a lot of it there. We also rented a studio for full band stuff. And that's how we kind of, we got the bones of everything at a studio called um, 4115. And then we moved to Lucas's house and did the rest, like overdubs and final vocals and stuff like that. Yeah. I do have a setup at my house. I work in Logic. But I'm not, I'm not very proficient in it. And I, I know I could be, I just, um, I don't know. It's still, it's still pretty intimidating. I, I don't do well with technical difficulty. Like <laughs> I don't, I'm not one of those people that's just like, Oh, Google it. You know, right, I right. just, so I just like slam my laptop down and I'm like, I'm done for the day. <laughs> I, I, I have that same kind of reaction to technology. Like it's, it's smarter yeah, than it's, me and I, yeah. 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 I feel yep. like knowing more about it is going to take something away from me. <laughs> I yes, and you're probably right. It probably is going to take something. Do you think away from so, me. or do you think that's just my own fear? I deal with. Oh, I I think that way about myself. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you're in the middle of writing a song and yeah. your computer like sucks up, there's nothing more creative killing than that. You right. know, because. It's a different part of your brain, and that part of my brain doesn't work very well, personally. Um, it just really doesn't, and it, do, it does not allow for me to think about the things I need to think about when I'm writing a song. Right. I, like I, theme, you know? Like, what is this song about? What, what, are the, what are the lyrical intricacies that I really want to talk about, you know? Right. Here, let me see. Can you see this? Yes. Oh, okay. nice. I awesome actually shoot. do most of my work. All this shit is on here. Sorry. Um, so you really know what 
doing over there. I do it on that because I don't I don't like doing it on computer. I mean, I eventually I have to move it over to computers, you know. <laughs> but I'm I'm like into more like like old keyboards and you know pianos and even ukuleles and you know what I mean, like organs yeah. and Casios and just toys. Just like more organic stuff. Correct. Nice. Sorry, I'm going back so that I'm not so. Uh, I felt a little vulnerable if if I was going to be on camera and you weren't. So I thought I would, I would level the play off playing field. Thank um, you. Oh, you know, yeah. <clears throat> I woke up this morning with my eye swollen, so I didn't want you to have to be exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to scare you at our first meeting. Well, I was going to say, you know, um, how do you say this without sounding weird? You, you look like a, a movie star, like a 1960s movie star to me. I mean, oh, that in the nicest you. way possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't right now, though. No, you look like an eye swollen. <laughs> I look like a 1960s horror movie star, maybe that's already been killed. <laughs> <laughs> so back to songwriting. Do you, you do you keep like a regimen? Like, do you get up and write every day at a certain time or you just try and do it like when you're not momming it up? And No, I don't. I mean, a regimen is like... That's something that I really strive for, having a good schedule. I really strive for it, but I'm really bad at it. And I think it's because I always I always just go towards what I want to do in the moment. And I think that can be, you know, I think that's part of my creativity where I'm not, you know, I'm not so black and white about everything where I'm like, no, right now I'm, you know, doing my admin work. I All cannot right, write it. Right. <laughs> or, or whatever. I, I just, um, I do not have a set schedule and I just try to sit down with my guitar, a f you know, a few times a week, honestly, like just for a few hours, um, throughout the week and to get something down, to get some ideas or whatever. And, and that really, that really works well for me. I think if I, I think if I had too many like office hours, it would be harder for me because one, the thing that I hate the most is sitting down with a guitar and playing for hours and coming up with nothing. It's like the biggest, it's like such a disappointment for me. And I yeah. think, I think it's kind of, that's just me in general. Like I'm very, um, accomplishment is extremely important to my happiness. Right, right. right. <laughs> I have to be accomplishing all day long. Like yesterday I went to, um, I went to an air show, which was very, very cool. I got to see the blue angels fly. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I went with my whole family and my husband's in the military. So he was working at the air show, but we, we got there at like eight thirty in the morning because the weather was temperamental. And my husband was like, you should get there early because you don't want to miss the blue angels. But then the weather cleared up and they didn't fly until like three thirty. <laughs> so I was, at this, I was at this rural Tennessee airport just baking in the like on the asphalt, just baking in the sun with my kids, and we were all so miserable. And um, I didn't get home till like five thirty, so I spent all day there. And when I got home, it started raining, and I have this I have this amazing garden in the back that I just love. I love working in my garden. So no matter what, no matter what, I was like, I am going to stand in the pouring rain and I'm going to plant some corn right now. And that's what I did. Because <laughs> I had to have a sense of I did something today besides watch people fly, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understand that. I uh, I, I have that kind of thing too, like a, a fear of vacation. Like I can have a really good time mm -hmm. on vacation for like two days and then I freak out. I start yeah. having like panic. Like I think that comes from being like, you know, in our, in our job like this, we have to be self-motivated. I was just talking to my girlfriend about this this morning and I, I was stressing out. I got this, I have this gig coming up on Monday and I have a rehearsal for it tomorrow. I'm not as prepared as I'd want to be. I got to make sure I know all these fucking songs and I beat yeah. myself up and get all stressed out. But it's because I, we care and I, every, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we're the ones that have to kind of push ourselves to do stuff. No one's there to be like, Hey, you got to do this. You Absolutely. Know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I went, I played on a music cruise called Kayamo a couple years ago and I played with Hush Kids, my side, my side band. Yeah. And I played so, uh, like a solo. I played two solo sets as well. And so I had a huge amount of songs that I had to play. And I, <laughs> my husband was with me and he was like wanting to just do cruise stuff. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta sit in this room and this windowless room and practice. And that's what I did. And it, it sucked. Um, <laughs> I was on this cruise and it could have been amazing. And my husband was like kind of bummed out, you know, cause he wanted to have fun and stuff. And I, I eventually was just like, you have to just go. Cause I can't, I have to, I have to know these songs or else all this is going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. One more thing about your songwriting. Um, mm-hmm. I've spoken to a few uh, songwriters that have this sort of depth in their songs that I feel like, a, not that, I feel like you have this lyrical depth. When you go and write a song, like do you write a song in its entirety in one sitting or does it, do you put 40 hours into a song? That's what Mary Gaucher puts in. That's what she said. So nice. I definitely don't have the amount of hours clocked, but um, I would say one thing that I've learned recently is I like to just kind of get through a song, you know, like try to, if I have the ideas for the bridge melody and the chorus melody, I'm not going to let the lyrics on the verse stop me for too long. Like if they're, if they're not there yet, if they're not great, I just like kind of put something down and then I just keep going with whatever, however the flow is taking. Um, so yeah, what I really like to do is I like to write a song and then step back from it for, I don't know, two days, three days maybe, and then listen to it again. And I, I'm one of those people that gets like full body chills when something is really good. It's yeah. just such a good barometer for me. Yeah. And so that's, that's always the telltale sign if it's good or if it, if it, if it isn't, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, hmm, yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, yeah, if it's not good, I'll either completely scrap it or I'll just rewrite, rewrite some of it. I understand that. Sorry, this guy's coming by again. God, they're, they're like... Hey, t- you messed up like a whole lot of leaves. Well, it's <laughs> not... I live in an apartment place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if they were my yard guys, I'd be like, hey, man, respect the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, you're going to go on tour in August of the East Coast, and then September and October, you will be doing it in the UK. Yeah. Is How many times have you been there? Once. <laughs> You've got Only a lot once. of shows. Like, you're playing all the cities. Yeah. I have an awesome booking agent over there, and um, I'm actually going in August to play a really awesome festival called The Long Road. Okay. And when I was over there the first time, everybody like all the fans in the audience were like you have to play the long road you have to play the long road and i was like what is the long road um but i found out because they asked me to come play and so i'm really excited so i'm just going there for that in august and then i'm i'm heading back in late september for like a whole run and um i'm i've got a band over there um yeah so i'm gonna be playing with a full full british band it's gonna be sweet (laughs) that's great man yeah, I it was cool because on my last show when I was there in November, I met a guy who was playing bass in someone else's band and they were incredible. And I um he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, you know, you were awesome." And he like bought one of my t-shirts and I was like, "This is awesome." And anyways, he sent me an email a couple of days later and he said, "If you ever want me to put a band together for you, I'd love to play with you." if you come over here. And so it was just, it's just been awesome. He's like, I don't know, just, he's like booking all my air Airbnbs and a van and all the things that are just a, kind of a nightmare. Wow. What a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, are they backing you up at that festival? Yes. Okay. Now there's guys, sorry, there's guys following other guys. Um, <laughs> I know it's, it's madness. Uh, so do you, do you have like a manager and stuff or you? you yeah. Okay. And yep. are you on a label or are you putting all this stuff out yourself? 
Nope, I'm not on a label. It's all independent. That's so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, it's very expensive, but it's cool. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm sh- I know, uh, but but there is like one thing is sort of the way that your uh the way that this record modern age is laid out, the way that 30s is laid out. And uh even that that Vultures EP is really fantastic too, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Ellen as well. Yeah, you 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 just make great music. Even those covers that weird I don't even like Total Eclipse of the Heart and I do not like We Built This City, but I loved this somber <laughs> version that you had that made sense to me. That's great. Thank yeah. you. Sometimes those eighties productions bum me out. Yeah, they were a lot. Yeah. They were a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to reimagine them for sure. I really love both of those songs. The original versions. I really love we built the city. I remember like, I, I have like one of those flashbulb memories of being in um, shop class and that song coming on the radio as I was making a birdhouse <laughs> <laughs> and just like kind of, just kind of swaying, swaying with my hammer and my nails in my hands. I just loved it. Oh, that's great. Your yeah. version of only love can break your heart too is really good. That's a, that's always tough to bite off a great artist like Neil Young. You never know what's going to happen when someone does that. That's true. Yeah, yeah I love song. Yeah. Um, anyway, what I was going to say is this record, Modern Age, the way that it's laid out, it's almost like there's, there's. I mean, it's laid out like an actual record. Like it moves and it breathes like an, like an album. And, and I know that we don't listen to or consume music in that way at this point anymore, really, as a culture, right? But the way that you did it is so great. It's like it's like a great album, and it also has sort of the. Uh, that's why I asked if you were on a label because it's almost like you have the songs for them, and the songs for you. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like a song mm-hmm. like Connection can do something like and it's a great song, but but juxtaposed with another song, uh, just '80s Baby. You know, for instance, that's more of a mellow sort of exploration. Of yeah. of your childhood or your or, or some point of your childhood, you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be sort of as uh, as quote unquote hit hit driven. I I just I think that the way you laid out this record is fantastic. Thank you. That's what I'm yeah, trying to say. It, it's also intentional. Um, all of it, from at least from my perspective, uh, all of it has been the artwork, the photography. Um, the sequencing of the songs. It is funny that, you know, I know that what you're saying is true. People don't really listen to records from top to bottom as much anymore. I know some people still do, but it's still so important. Some people, but those are like people we know. I don't mean like, you know what I mean? Like probably our group of friends does that, but like, yeah, you know, Susie and Joe at the mall, they're not, they're not doing that. Yeah, it it is interesting though. As a listener, it, it is important for listeners to know that like their artists probably still are really painstakingly putting these out, putting these songs in sequence. <laughs> I know, I know. Best, you know, so it would behoove them to listen to it from top to bottom and just see like what what happened there. What was that like? You know, what what was that experience like? It's weird. What's uh. I mean, the experience of an album, it's hard to sort of push that on people that don't know what that is. It's even been hard for me. I mean, really, like, you know, with the advent of like these streaming music services, I end up, you know, being my own DJ all the time, like almost with like not even letting a song end before I start. You know what I mean? Out of this sort of like excitement that I have everything at my fingertips that like a couple of years ago, uh, for the summer, I, I started making myself listen to an entire album uh, uh, from beginning to end uh, every day, a different album, just because I wasn't doing it unless I was getting ready for the podcast. But like I didn't do it for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I felt myself getting caught up and I thought even with my age, I'm a person that grew up listening to albums, you know what I mean? And buying albums and sitting there and reading this, all the shit on the albums, you know, 
everyone yeah. that played on it and everything. Mm-hmm. It's still very interesting, you know, just like, yeah, holding a record in your hand, holding a CD in your hand and just, yeah, taking the liner notes out and, and checking it all out. It's always, it's always fun to, yeah, yeah to explore and see who, see who played on it, see what the, what they're actually saying in these little spots that you can't understand and all that. Right. Man, I lost one side of you for some reason. You're coming one through. One side? But yeah, like you're only coming in on the left side. You know, that happened with you a minute ago. Really? <laughs> yeah, just it was very brief, but okay. that's why I didn't understand what you said for a second. <clears throat> oh. Um, yeah. Anyway, you made a great like piece of work as an album. I hope that people, when it comes out, it comes out August 18th, gang. And you can find out more about Jill Andrews by going to jillandrews.com or just, you know, calling her on the Zoom and having a conversation with her. Um, yep, available. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> I'm available for chats. So when you sequence this album, like who were you bouncing these ideas off of? Your, your Lucas? Yeah, a lot of people actually. Um, I, wanted, I definitely wanted Lucas's opinion. I wanted my management team's opinion. Um, I wanted my husband's opinion, some of my friends, just kind of a lot of people. Cause I, I think it was for me, it's, it's important to kind of get a pool so I can get an average. Like what do you, what does the average person right. think? You know? right, right. Um, and ultimately I just kind of make whatever decision I think is good, <laughs> but I like kind of base it off of everything. Well, you did a really good job, man. And and it's I'm glad that you at least have like a team of people around you because I know how lonely it can be being uh, I don't I don't mean to keep on harping on it but ever since I became a guy out of a band that just yeah. pays people to play with me, um, it, it's become like a lonely, sad trip, as opposed to like hanging with your bros and sisters. Yeah, it is a very different dynamic for sure. Um, I I mean you you often just feel like you're. I mean, you're so in charge of everything and even people's happiness is like your responsibility. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's how I feel. Like if the hotel is shittier than it, right, than right, it right. looked on people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, damn it. Well, I guess that's my fault too, you right. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The toilet's clogged at Chick-fil-A, you know. It's like, damn it, we should have stopped at a different one. <laughs> oh, God, I'm getting caught. Are you there? Can you I am here. Yep, you kind of cut out I know. for a second. I don't know what's going on here. Well, yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up anyway. This has been fantastic okay. talking to you. Are you going to tour the rest? Like on your tour in August, you're doing mostly the East and kind of like that at, uh, Georgia, North Carolina I saw. Yeah, so that's just the initial like these are some shows I'm playing, but um, I have somebody, a booking agent working really hard to get a bunch more shows kind of, um, my plan is to just kind of play out for like probably a year, like tour dates. Cause I can't tour all the time, but um, I'd like to play, you know, two long weekends a month or something like that for this record cycle. Yeah. Well, if you make it down to Austin, man, hit me. I would love to come see you play. I'd love to meet you in person. I really, uh, I, I think you're I think you're such a brilliant artist and your 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 uh your output is is both it's you're so prolific and you're it it's all such high quality songs that I'm I'm just really uh yeah I'm a big fan now. Awesome. Thanks Johnny. Yeah, yeah I I will definitely be coming to Austin. So, I will let you know. All right. Well, everyone can find you, as I said, at jillandrews.com. Uh, Modern Age is the name of the record. The The singles Connection and Dark Days are out. Is there another one out? Um, There is. And why is my brain not working? Oh, yes. High Five. High Five. Also Great yep. song, by the way. Thank you. And also Wrong Place, Wrong Time is coming out June 15th. Okay. Wrong Place, really? Wrong Time. All right. And mm -hmm. Connection has a really great video. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic video. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. This has been really great talking to you, and uh, good luck with your eye. And um, <laughs> hopefully we'll meet in person luck. someday. <laughs> yes, sounds good, Johnny. All right. Great to talk to you. Great talking to you. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye. By the time the clouds roll in, 
Gang, that was Jill Andrews. Her album, Modern Age, drops August 18th. She will be on the road all over the U.S. in August, and she will be in the U.K. in September and October. Get out there and check out this single, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, her other singles, Connection, and Dark Days. Jill Andrews, what a great conversation. I want to thank her for doing the show. What a cool person. Um, find her at jillandrews.com. And don't forget when you're out there checking out jillandrews.com to subscribe to this podcast wherever you fi- it is that you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. But don't forget, gang, if you're subscribed to us on Stitcher, Stitcher is going away on August 29th. They will no longer be there. So subscribe on another platform. New shows every Tuesday, every Friday. This show, we had three, three shows this week. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we drop it from the vault on a Saturday night late. You'll find it. Subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And enjoy the rest of this song, Wrong Place, but Wrong Time, from the album Modern Age by the great Jill Andrews. Have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing. Let's get down. If the lining's ever silver, it's impossible to find. Your glass can be half full. Your cup's the empty kind You're always in the wrong place At the wrong time Looks like the light is red It's a parking lot ahead The traffic should be dead this time of day When you finally get home No one calls your telephone When you find yourself alone You start to cry Cause you're always in the Your glass could be overflowing, but you could